0: to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn. Ryan is away this week, but it is my absolute pleasure to welcome Mr. Scott Johnson to the show. Hello, Scott.
1: Oh, man, what a nice intro. It has been way too long, Jocelyn. I'm uh, thrilled to be here, and I hope your co-host knows what he's missing.
0: Oh, oh, he knows. He was super mad when I told him. He was like, oh, man," because I know we've had you on the show before, but it was like literally hundreds of episodes ago.
1: Yeah, it was probably oh man, very early, I think, and when you guys were doing the show, it may have been like twenty fifteen or fourteen. Maybe it was a long time ago. Yeah. Really long.
0: So just in case people live under a rock and don't know what you do on the internet, why don't you just talk a little bit about your gaming stuff and then we'll jump right into ESO. Guys, we get to talk about ESO this week. I'm so excited.
1: Oh, uh, I am too. I'm I'm super back into that game. Um yeah, I I uh just kind of the brief history of, of me and video games, I feel like it's yesterday but i've been playing this since i was a little kid and i used to go to arcades all the time my dad ran a couple of arcades and uh, it never left it got my blood stayed there forever so every console every pc innovation every kind of game every genre everything i pretty much try to dabble in all of it and uh it's a pretty fun week to be recording this because uh, we're in the midst of you know the usual e3 stuff even though it's a little weird this year Um, but, uh, but yeah, I love it. I can't get enough of it. And I do a bunch of shows on my network that are gaming related and people might like some of that stuff over at frogpants.com. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about about ESO in particular because I just keep coming back to that thing. Like I may leave it for a bit, but I always come back and I haven't really had that since maybe World of Warcraft's the closest I could come to, to that sort of keep returning sort of thing. I guess I never really left it, but, but, uh, but ESO is always calling my name.
0: Man, I am the exact same way with this game. And I don't know what it is. I think it's just that um, like I have like a commitment to World of Warcraft because got like the raid team and the Mythic Plus teams and stuff. And ESO right. just feels like more of a single player experience. Like I know that they have all of the, like they've got dungeons, they've got raids, they've got a huge PvP system. Like it, it's a ginormous multiplayer game, but they've done such a good job with the story stuff that it feels like the kind of single player elder scrolls experience that i'm currently missing because it's been four it's been like 10 years since skyrim came out
1: <laughs> yeah i i mean i i tell people this all the time but as far as i'm concerned eso has basically become a full-fledged uh and maybe the best of all elder scrolls games because it's got the least amount of jank uh you know skyrim famously full of janky stuff right <laughs> and, uh, at the same time, you know, there's there's, uh, you know, a real structure to things because after all, it is an MMO. So we've got expansions or as they call them, chapters and the way the DLC works, and the way that the systems in the game work. You know, there are a lot of things that have MMO trappings, but it also brings so much of what was Elder Scrolls to the MMO space in a way that no other games do. Most games are sort of target and click and, you know, it's kind of your standard uh ever quest up through wow up through everything kind of uh, control schemes and mechanics and that sort of thing whereas this game always was this nice departure from that just like the mainline elder scrolls games are it's like i get this first person perspective if i want it i can go third person if i want it i can uh you know it's a little more action a little more tangible when the fights happen and a little less sort of target tab target hit three buttons do the same rotation over and over so there's a lot of that stuff that I really like about it, but overall, my my big thing I think for me is the Elder Scrolls games in general, and this in particular just have a vibe and a a tone that I um, that reverberates with me. And I think it's the dark fantasy. Mm. I think uh, the game takes itself pretty seriously, although you know plenty of opportunities for humor. Um, but also, I'm not trapped in a giant narrative that i feel like i'm just on a roller coaster for instead i'm handed a ton of smaller stories that i can kind of attack at any rate or any uh, order that i want to at any time that i want to and some of them are epic and multi-part but there's plenty in this game that is just like a a weird small side gig you thought was just going to be a simple fetch and grab and instead it's like this rad narrative with amazing characters and you know an incredible ending and and that sort of thing and the game feels infinite it just feels like there's so much i've barely touched or explored or seen um and then the places i i have been a lot i, I work really hard to like clear stuff out i love clearing out zones they kind of have a, basically a checklist when you're done with all the major story stuff uh, to say all right well there's this many side quests i've done four out of 12 okay i gotta do more of those uh these i haven't done these two delve uh dungeon things yet so i'll do those two that are up in the north and i like that kind of thing in an open world game and you're right about the the multiplayer is obviously it's key for tons of players there's a lot mm-hmm. of people who are real yep. taken, but for me i love that i don't feel those trappings or i don't feel those weird pressures if i don't want them i can just play this like an elder scrolls experience and it's a really good one of those um so yeah and the companion system they just added uh, just upped that for me uh, pretty exponentially. I really, really like the way they implemented the companion system. and to me, it's just added all kinds of color and fun to the game. i'm I'm really digging it right now.
0: Yeah, I have to completely agree with you on the like the story side of things and those kind of smaller bite-sized experiences compared to almost any other open world game I've ever played. They seem to have the most fleshed out, I mean, if you want to call them like supporting characters, secondary characters. It's like any little town that you go to, they've got some sort of story to tell you there. And everybody in that little town, they're not just like NPC number 678. Like they actually have like a, a, you know, a history and a culture and like, yeah, I'm in love with that girl over there. And I hate that guy over there because he stepped on my tomatoes that one time, you know, like there's just... Some of it seems kind of like uh, silly, but that and and small for a game that you know is or for like an MMO that we're so used to having these big huge epic stories. But it makes it feel so lived in and so charming
1: <laughs> yeah, a very it's really personal like I, mm-hmm. uh, and the, and there's a there's moments in this game where you'll meet up with a character you haven't seen since the game first launched, but they end up being a big part of you know the expansion or something. Um, for me, this was, uh, elsewhere, which I is my, so far my favorite chunk of content they've ever done. I loved everything about that. And, um, in that you meet some characters that you really just haven't had to deal with since the first game or the first release of this game and seeing them again was like this moment of, Oh my gosh, they're back. This is awesome. Like Sai Sahan, what have you been up to? What have you been, been doing all this time? And then you kind of catch up on all that and find out what his role is in this and kind of get to know them all the better. And it feels like, you know, you're running a D and D campaign with some really great AI and then new characters and small characters and large characters and everything sort of in between that just make for, um, I don't know, more of a, more of a, how do I put this? Like big MMOs feel like a, like a single movie. This MMO feels like a, a really well-structured multi-season series of television episodes in a way. And I I I feel like I can, (laughs) I can binge it or I can slow down. You know what I mean? Like I don't feel the weird pressures. I sometimes feel around MMOs in terms of keeping up or having the best gear or being level before anyone else, you know, max level before anybody else's or any of those things. It's more discovery and exploration and events and just stuff sort of happening, emergent gameplay. Um, you know, things I wasn't sure this game was going to be able to pull off in its early months when it first launched back in what, 2014 now. And, yeah, guess, um,
0: this, this is another one that's been out for forever now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's old. Like it, all, I guess all all the MMOs that have hung around and done done well in in the shadow of World of Warcraft uh you know, they're old now. <laughs> they're, they're old.
0: <laughs> yeah. they're Nobody's old really MMOs. tried in a while.
1: <laughs> no, I mean there's that new what is it? New World. Uh the the Amazon Studios thing that they talked about today in the Game Fest, but uh that looks like a pretty ambitious effort but for the most part you just don't hear too much about the traditional style mmo mm-hmm. wh- whatever they even is, but kind of that era and i think it's because people are kind of locked in on the ones they like and this final fantasy 14 and and warcraft are kind of the big three um you know guild wars 2 guild kind War, of doing yeah, i was gonna
0: stuff. say yeah guild wars is still out there now let's just save the angry letters
1: <laughs> yeah you guys are out there doing your thing you guys are all good but you know a lot of stuff has come and gone there's tons of of Asian MMOs, stuff coming out of Korea and other places that have their own niche as well. Um, if anything, it's a really interesting and healthy time for MMOs to figure out their stuff. And I really like the way ESO does their pricing, the way I can be fully in with a monthly subscription if I want for ben- benefits and bonuses. But but not I don't really have to. It's not a giant advantage. So if I want to take some time off, I still have the game. I still play the game anytime mm-hmm. I want to. And, you know, if I really want the added benefit of an ingredient bag, then I can I can belly up and pay for it and do whatever. But, um, you know, their their shop stuff is cool. The housing system is really cool. It just seems like there's pretty much something to do for everybody. And it doesn't hold you back from doing any of those things. The game immediately wants you to know that you can chop wood, mine for or pull a bunch of alchemy weeds and kill 15 monsters. And not worry about, well, I'm only this one profession, so I can only do this one thing or or whatever. You can pretty much dabble in all of it. And there's something about that freedom that I I really like and respect about that game.
0: Man, I love that too. I know just the other day when I was getting back in, because uh, the reason we're talking about ESO today is because they actually came out with a new uh, expansion called Blackwood that kind of delves into some Oblivion themes this time around. But um, I jumped in for the first time since they released the Skyrim expansion last year, and yeah. that was a big thing for me is I was like, I barely remembered how to play my character. And I ran into do this like world boss with a couple of other people. And I was playing as a melee character and just getting destroyed. And then I was like, hang on a second. I have a staff. Can I just fire <laughs> ice balls at this guy? <laughs> Turns out, yes, you can. And that's basically ESO's answer to everything. Can I? Yes, you can.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're, you're totally right. Um, you know, one of the things I was worried about going into this game back when it was first launched was the closest uh, Elder Scrolls game we'd had to it was Skyrim in 2011, and that game's legendary. Everyone everyone just thinks of Skyrim as one of the great games of all time, and you know, just and it and it is. It was this amazing moment in time when Skyrim came out, and I was I was afraid that the game would lose some of what Skyrim had, and that was things like this sense of exploration finding a weird cave and not knowing why it's there uh exploring stuff that you know seems like it's nothing but really it's a crevice in a rock and behind there is a whole whole bunch of story to do or whatever and the game has figured out a way to make me feel that way and no other mmos do that all other mmos make make me feel like i'm just sort of at disneyland looking at a new ride so i'll come around the corner and go okay well i know what i'm supposed to do here and that's pretty and all but i I'll just sort of do what I'm doing. Elder Scrolls has a way of making me feel like every time I come into a new place or see a new zone or experience a new run in with an NPC that's, that's, you know, talking to me which is a whole nother point we can get to in a second everyone mm-hmm. talks to you.
0: everyone talks to you everyone even yeah. when you're not like even when you haven't chosen a person everyone still talks to you you're riding yeah. down the road and they're like hey you i have a message i'm like well,
1: "What?" Yeah, they want to talk to you something fierce yeah. in this game and it's all voice so there's no like there's plenty of you know they're, they're they're everything's subtitled for all the conversations but everything's done like a an elder scrolls game you click on a person to talk to them they'll they it's voice acted professionally by many many amazing voice actors including a lot of celebrity people and um you know everybody from john cleese is that weird guy with the pot on his head to <laughs> um oh gosh who was it i saw recently a whole bunch of game of thrones people are in this thing peter stormare's in it just a bunch of great actors i think doing really-
0: the guy that played dumbledore in harry potter i think is one of the voices too yeah,
1: he's the main he's your um he's your former king kind of hiding out as a wizard yeah. dude in the first all those chapters that's uh michael gambone is his name and he's amazing in it he's really good mm-hmm. and it, nobody phones this stuff in everybody sounds great and be, because of that um the immersion is just that much more i'm not reading a bunch of text or getting half and half like a, a tiny cut scene with voice and then having to read everything somebody else says forever and, and not to you know this doesn't me bitching about those other games like World of Warcraft done pretty well for itself. And and, you know, it was made in a time and continues to be in an engine where, you know, a lot of the stuff they do that it has to be in quest text. So that's just how it works. Um, I don't know what magic they figured out with ESO, but they figured out a way to make that game not be too huge, but have everyone say every line in a voice with full characterization. And it it's something that is very next level that i don't think we appreciate very much because it really adds to it for me so i just never feel like i'm seeing the same thing twice i never feel like i i've explored everything fully um there's always somewhere to go someone to talk to something to do and it's always rewarding and it's um you know it's one of those games i think a lot of people uh i mean these days it's a very popular mmo a lot of people are playing it but I think it's taken some heat from the purists in the Elder Scrolls crowd who just were like, well, this isn't an Elder Scrolls game. This is an MMO. It can't possibly be like this other thing. And they just kind of had this built in bias against it as a result. And I felt that some of that too early on before playing it. But now that I've you know been pretty immersed in it, I, I mean, I'll straight up and say it. I think it's the best. Elder Scrolls game there is like I just absolutely love it I don't even know what six is going to look like because this right here is giving me a lot of why I come to Elder Scrolls in the first place
0: yeah that was kind of where I was going to take the the conversation next is where do we think that ESO is kind of going to go because we've now seen them do Morrowind we've seen them do Skyrim we've now this is the year of Oblivion which I've got to say like returning to a lot of that Oblivion stuff like so many nostalgia bombs in what i've seen so far like in just the themes that are in blackwood right now i'm just like oh my god i remember like all of this except for in way lower poly
1: <laughs> oh yeah for sure like yeah it's a great question about where they go next it's it's obviously they've got a big canvas here because this is set what a thousand years before the events of
0: yeah i think that they said blackwood is 800 years before the events of oblivion I think
1: right that makes sense. Yeah. So so they've got, you know, they've got this 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 space to play in that is that means that they don't already have they don't have to they don't have to lock in on some particular lore entirely, but they've obviously found uh, it to be popular with the fans but also just to play around with story to to address some of the stuff that we do know about in Elder Scrolls whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, the last expansion and spending time in I guess it's Eastern Skyrim or Western Skyrim. Western, Western. Skyrim. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's fair. Uh Morrowind is another good example. A lot of people have very fond feelings for for Morrowind. Um, and so so, yeah, like they they clearly are playing with that nostalgia stuff. But then they've been willing to try other things like the Elsewhere expansion is really not based on anything. And it's my favorite. It's so good. Oh, my gosh, it's so good. I just love the kind of nomadic desert thing. I didn't think I even could care less about the Khajiit until that expansion. And now I love them. <laughs> um, that race is just so in- interesting to me and so fascinating. Some of my favorite characters came out of that expansion. Man, that's and- the one
0: I think I've played probably the least of because I very much have like a, I come in for like a couple of weeks and I I'm like coming in hot and I play for a couple of weeks and then I'm like, Oh, I get pulled away to other stuff, which is actually why I am loving that 9.1 is taking so long to come out in Warcraft. Cause I'm like, I have ESO time. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly a lot of people complain oh it's taking too long i'm like well you know in my case i'm actually getting a lot of time and
0: so happy with this
1: (laughs) yeah yeah but but that's an interesting thing like everyone's gonna have different time in these different these expansions the other one that was very non-thematic in terms of you know people's nostalgia was uh somerset which is i also really enjoyed that yeah
0: that was my favorite because i mean i always always play elves that's just what I do. So they were like, we're uh, gonna go to Somerset. And I was like, yes, please. And I think I've played that uh, one more I, than anything else.
1: <laughs> and it's so it that is such a great expansion. And I I love all the familiar things like the Dark Brotherhood DLC is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, like all of that faction stuff's great. And and them poking into other games is great. But my favorite has been when they haven't. And in the case of of elsewhere, it was the you know it was all about dragons and it was all about this desert nomadic people and these amazing cities. And it's just, Oh, I just loved every freaking second of that. Um, this one's a little, the new one's a little bit back to the, what you kind of think of as like kind of dark Daedric, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, early, uh, sort of looking trees and, and ugly rocks and sort of that sort of stuff, which I also really enjoy. So they're kind of all over the place. And I love that. And as far as what's next, who knows? Like I, I have confidence that they'll have something rad because they've done it to me before when it wasn't something I, I recognized. My guess is the next expansion will probably have a new class. Um, they haven't done one of those since, oh gosh, was it Somerset that they did the Necromancer? I don't remember now.
0: I, oh, don't, I don't know. ESO like <laughs> trivia like that. I mean, I've got.
1: I can't remember, but. Maybe I'm I may have it wrong, but Mar- I know the Morrowind expansion had the the guy with the bear, and the I can never Dru- remember the name. Oh, of- is that
0: a uh, are they not druids wardens?
1: Wardens, yes. Uh, it's a cool take on the whole druid idea, yeah. I guess. But the, um, I never, I still have never played a warden. Um, but uh, but yeah, like the way that they um, the way that they pace this stuff out is also one of my favorite things. It just feels like home when I get in there, and it's nice. Like I don't have you know. Like in a in a world without World of Warcraft, this this is probably the biggest thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like without competition, in a world in a world with World of Warcraft, you've you've got competition, but also you just have different methods of telling story and to laying out a world or whatever. And for whatever it's worth, you know, even as an alternative, I just think ESO has got a style of its own, a look of its own. It's familiar yet new. And it doesn't have it doesn't necessarily adhere to all the old ways of these other MMOs. It it does its own thing and seems to do so kind of proudly and without remorse. And I like that uh, because I want different, you know, I don't want another WoW clone. Mm -hmm. I want to play something else. And this is something else.
0: Yeah. And actually, one of the things that I did, and I don't know if this is totally new with the Blackwood expansion, or if this is something that has been in ESO for a while, but I stumbled upon this like oblivion portal thing, like out in the wild that was kind of reminded me of like the Harrowstorms that they did in, um, in the Skyrim expansion. And then they had like, even in the original game, they had those big like sky portal things where they would kind Mm -hmm. of spawn a world boss.
1: That's exactly what it is. So basically every expansion has a, some form of that and elsewhere you fought, dragons you'd, you'd, you'd come across areas where a dragon had landed Okay. and then it'd be like a, a kind of almost like a public dungeon everybody would you know a, a, or event everybody would dive in and kill this dragon together and get a bunch of loot in the original game or the original launch it was those chains that came out of the mm-hmm. giant ring and same idea um, in the let's see the previous expansion I forgot what they did
0: that was those oh, hero Pro- storm things that it was kind of like oh, a world oh. boss yeah those big red right, tornadoes
1: that- <laughs> Totally. Yeah. And this is what that is. So those portals to, uh, to oblivion, what makes them different and probably what it's probably the reason why you're like, well, what are these compared to these other things? Cause they are different. Mm-hmm. Here's what makes the other ones are like obvious. It's like, Oh, a thing's happening. It's right here. It's like a world boss. Let's just fight it. This is different because these pop and in this they're intended to be used in a similar way, but when they pop, you're meant to go in them and now you run through two and a half stretches of hell space killing things in your way getting to another portal go through a bunch of other people another portal and then get to the boss uh so it's more multi-staged than they're used to doing but it's meant to be that thing uh where you fight the big devil boss at the end he drops a big giant thing of loot you go loot it and you get it and whenever you see those out in public you just join them and a ton of people are already in there and and you and you go for it so yeah those are those are basically version of that
0: because like I ran into it and the loading screen said public dungeon and I was like well what is this and then I got there and there's like like one healer was just randomly there and then I think their friend but maybe not who knows and the three of us just kind of ran along and we were like killing stuff and I was like this is so cool and then we got to the end and the boss is already dead and I was like well what the heck's going on here and as we stood there waiting just more and more people kind of showed up and it respawned and then we killed the big boss and it was this crazy giant fight and I was like this is One of the coolest, like, organic—I didn't know it was coming—moments I think I've ever had in an MMO.
1: Yeah, It was literally a portal I
0: found behind a tree, and I was like, "What's this?"
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it's—it's just got that different feel. You know, it's enough of the same thing you can expect from every expansion to have some kind of world encounters, but they do it in a way that feels totally fresh and new, and is you know, reminiscent of the of the of the expansion it's it's playing off of, which is Oblivion um and i love it i love that stuff uh it's i don't know i have no idea what they'll do for the next one but it's it is one of the nice things about that game to sort of just expect you know there's always going to be some form of that uh some other new features they add like this this big expansions features are the companion system
0: okay i did want to talk about the companions a little bit um because so is are the companions totally new in blackwood
1: Yes. Blackwood. These are brand new for Blackwood and moving forward. There's no none. This is not a mechanic they had before, which is crazy because it feels like they should have. But they never did. It was never a thing.
0: Yeah. So So. I accidentally stumbled onto Miri (laughs) and and started like doing her story and stuff, which was a really, really neat little story that kind of like delved into like rituals and Daedric stuff and Oblivion and everything else. And every layer that you did got a little bit more Oblivion-y. And, and then at mm. the end of it, she's like, I'm going to adventure with you. And I was like, "You're wait, you're going to what now?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Now she's like a quick key, a key on your keyboard. She's like a uh, a permanent thing you can spawn in. You can dress her. Uh, you can spec her <laughs> any way you want to. So now she's like literally her and that other dude. She starts out as an arrow ranged DPS style support for you. Mm-hmm. Um, starts out as a hybrid healer and caster damage guy. Uh, So quite different from her in terms of just kind of tone and whatever. But and also his quest thing is totally different um, to get him unlocked. But anyway, you can have them both uh, not out at the same time. You got to choose one or the other. And so this is like Skyrim in that you could only ever have one companion out at any given time or, you know, have any one person hired to work with you. Um, But they they level up and their favor with you grows over time to uh to you depending on you know how you've how you've sort of treated them um because there's a bunch of interactions with them you can talk to them anytime you want to they level up and that means they get skills and you can decide what skills they get you can also respect them entirely and make them whatever you want them to be so if you want this girl to not be ranged arrow lady and would rather her tank with a giant two-handed sword up to face with every mob she runs into wearing plate mail you can do that Um, And then you can be, you know, like in my case, I'm a kind of a glass cannon mage and I can sort of stand back and do more stuff from back there and let her take all the damage. Um, Same with him. You can spec him that way as well. Although I don't know, I've kind of enjoyed just having him be this wizard guy with me. But (laughs) but yeah, there's a lot of options there, a lot of opportunities there with those two characters. And one would assume I haven't like looked this up, but I assume that. Well, a these won't be the final two. They'll they'll add more as time goes on, uh, for you to unlock. And also, uh, you would be able to do more story stuff with them in the future, where you know you're you're going to interact with their stories as it as it deals with whatever the expansion is and that sort of thing. Um, oh, you can also tell them what horse to ride or what mount you want them on. <laughs> um, you can put whatever clothes you want on them. You know, the costumes you unlock in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, for various things you can use buy them or unlock them or whatever they can wear any of those including like cross dress you can have him wear lady clothes her wear dude clothes it doesn't matter they don't care how you do it
0: uh so the and- show's over i gotta go for no apparent reason other than to go put bastion in a dress
1: <laughs> right you can do it you can totally do it which is nuts that's way more control than we had over um you know any of that in skyrim they also have more inventory space that you can use Like there's a bunch of benefits to having these guys. And when you mount up, they mount up. When you pick a flower, they say, oh, what a lovely place for for picking flower. You know, like they'll (laughs) talk to you. They're amazing. They're my favorite thing about this expansion. They're really great and a long time coming. I feel like they should have had this a long time ago. So I'm glad they I'm glad they finally put it in.
0: Absolutely. So not to put too much pressure on you, but. I do not have an end game character, so I don't know. I'm assuming just from saying like you've cleared out zones and all the rest of it. I'm assuming you have a max level character.
1: I do. I have a level 50. Uh, He's my main and a bunch of alts, but he's the one I mainly uh, focus on. Um, The truth is I haven't had him that long. I sort of just take my time with this game. And um, because you can go anywhere and do anything, you know, I think I was in the middle of I don't know, whatever the, the, the main story bits for one of the older, uh, one of, one of the original, uh, releases of stories. So, so like maybe it was the orc campaign or something. And obviously, you know, these are very different orcs than the Warcraft style, (laughs) Yes, but, um, there, you know, I was really enjoying that and then elsewhere hit and I went, Oh, well, let's just go check that out. And the beauty of this game is you can just up and go. There's no level limit. There's no, You know, I could be level two and start that campaign. I can be level 50 and start that campaign. It doesn't matter. I am that.
0: So much that there's like even like on enemies and stuff like there's no levels. It's just like this will be scaled to whatever you are. It doesn't even matter. And it's allowed me to go and check out each individual expansion without having to worry about, you know, like hitting max level and moving on before that. It's just like, oh, hey, Blackwood's out. Cool. I'll take my level 24 and I'll go over there. And now I'm level 30 because I can't put this game down.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Or if you're bored and you're like, you know, well, I really would like to spend some time, you know, I've been here too long, or I would like I'd like a break from all this Daedric stuff. I need to see something like Somerset. Great. Hop over there. <laughs> no yeah. big deal.
0: Yeah, no big deal. No exactly. Up.
1: Yeah. It doesn't care. And and I love that about the game. I love that I can level with people, play with people, or do dungeons, public dungeons, and they we can have this huge range of levels and it doesn't matter. We're all getting the job done. And it's still challenging without being too hard and not too easy. Um and yeah, like having the entire world kind of flattened in that regard. Some people really dislike that in games. I prefer it. Um, mm-hmm. I like when WoW does it. scaled uh, zones. And I wish that WoW would actually do that more. Um, I played some Final Fantasy 14 and I wish it had that sort of thing. It, it absolutely does not. And it drives me bananas because uh, I overlevel in some cases, underlevel in others. And I just think it's kind of antiquated. Um, these guys are just more like, hey, do you want to play our game cool we're not going to hold you back just come play it here's the content and there's enough of it where you're never really running out oh Um, god there's
0: so much every time i open a zone and i see all the stuff in it and how big it is i'm like oh man i I am never going to see all of this
1: it's intense like it's a lot and and i appreciate it for that because it means that i'm going to you know I'm going to have plenty to do. I'm never going to go, oh, boy, I'm sure out of stuff to do in this game. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's possible that I will ever feel that way. Maybe. I mean, maybe. maybe there's some hardcores that are so they've done everything, you know, I don't know. But then at that stage, you do have rating and a really robust PvP system, which I've not messed with. I just assume I'll get murdered. Okay, yeah, (laughs)
0: because that's where I was going to go with it, is that one thing that I do experience a lot of is endgame in WoW, but I've never done the endgame in ESO. So I honestly have no idea what, like, raiding and PvP and all that kind of stuff is like. So I was like, have you done much group content in (laughs) this multiplayer game that we're apparently playing? (laughs)
1: done a bunch of dungeons um i try to do all the dungeons in all the zones that i that i complete or that i finish out um and those are always there's always people in those um but i'm just doing publicly i've never really run with like hey let's get our five man together which you can do but i just haven't done it with anybody um i just sort of play with with randos and i think the community is really good there's not a lot of weasels everyone is just sort of
0: you play with randos that's my nightmare
1: (laughs) i mean wow his like For all of WoW's strengths, one of its weaknesses has been, you know, people are jerks sometimes. And I don't know why in that community they're like that. It's maybe because it's a, you know, especially mythics and stuff, there's such a hardcore commitment that you're just bound to run into angry people. I don't know. But for whatever reason, ESO and even Final Fantasy, they just don't seem to have that level of kind of toxicity in there. So that's one thing. But then, you know, the roles don't matter as much. In other words, you know, if you can heal great uh, for, for rating at the highest levels, perhaps this is a different, but when you're just playing with people, since you can do so much with your spec and, you know, you can be kind of any kind of weird combination of things you want to be, you can min max, I suppose, but most people, I at least I don't, Um <laughs> I can go in that group and, and I can do a lot of stuff and do a lot of damage. And, and it kind of doesn't matter that three of us were, healer spec and one was a t- you know you don't the the, tr- the trinity thing doesn't really matter there. Mm. You just kind of need to be there and know how to blow stuff up and and you're good enough. And there's more nuance like I said at the higher levels but uh it's just not that for important the to the game.
0: Yeah, for the day to day it's kind yeah. of okay to just go <laughs> in how you are.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now with these companions, I mean they they do damage. They do actual aggro control like they're not So wait, you can bring just-
0: like companions into dungeons?
1: Oh, hell yeah. So you can do all that. It didn't go anywhere you want to go. They'll go anywhere. So you, 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 there's nowhere in this game that you can't take your companion with you now. And that means if five of you are someplace, you've actually got 10 characters because there's five (laughs) companions, you know, shooting arrows or flaming or whatever they're doing over there. And it's actually pretty funny because at the end of the day, they're NPCs and they're kind of dumb. Right. (laughs) Um, So what happened? (laughs) We were fighting uh, a remember what it was. Oh, Yeah, it was one of these fights with the big devil guys in the in the hell portals. And this thing drops a giant hammer and it sends a huge wave of fire to the very back reaches of the fight. And I noticed that after that happened, everybody, you know, popped a bubble or did some something to sort of uh, evade it. But the the companions don't know how to do that. So they all got hit and became ghosts. So the whole back line was a bunch of ghosts, except mine. She didn't get ghosted. And so I don't actually know what happens if you get ghosted. I don't know if you have to res them, if you need an empty soul shard to do it, or if you just go outside and they're back again. Like I actually just don't know. Um, like in Skyrim, they were dead. That was yeah. it. You were out. Um, but I don't think they do that here. So as far as I know, you get them back, but how you get them back, I don't know. But it was pretty funny to see all these ghosts at the back, <laughs> back of the room because they didn't know how to evade a certain thing. So there's that, but, but it is a fun thing. And if you're soloing, you're not really soloing anymore and they actually do a good job so that you actually are free to not deal with aggro because your guys doing aggro or you've got more DPS. So you're taking way less time killing mobs. So, you know, there's actual benefits to those, those companions. I'm sure that they'll go through a balancing process, but right now they just feel real great. Love them.
0: That's good. Oh man. I'm going to need to go and spend some more time with mine then. I mean, I had opened up their, their like companion window and saw all the things that you could do. And I just went, Oh man, it's just, it's one of those things where again, because you can literally do anything you want in this game, it just has layer upon layer upon layer of complexity that sometimes I open a window and I'm like, Nope, not right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it's overwhelming. You're like, I don't even know what to do right now. And so I actually have some advice for that. Um, Because I've had times where I'd log in and just go, I don't know what to do. And I'd get out (laughs) because I just don't know where I should be spending my time. Um, But the way I'll do it is if I'm feeling that way anyway, I will open up my quest log, see what quests I've still got to clear out. And then I remind myself, look, if I've got a quest log entry that didn't get done, that's way down in the southern tip of Tamriel or wherever the hell it is. um, It's okay. Just go find a portal and I'm there in two seconds like oh, it's not hard to get travel
0: there. travel is so easy in this game
1: It is. they make you still you know they make you run for it you got to go find it or else you got to pay money to to you know essentially hearth anywhere you want but those portal things being around everywhere those shrines rather um it's a brilliant way to handle fast travel and it actually mimics the way the old elder scrolls games worked also because their fast travel was based on uncovering a location and now that location is a thing you can fast travel to and mm-hmm. and so They've integrated it but also just made mmos better with it um yeah i love that and i love mounts i love collecting all the mounts i can get i love switching those up all the time i love dyeing all my freaking armor half the time i just love spending time in the city making everything look cool like there's a lot of options there because you can dye anything in the game and that includes you know everything Your all your armor costumes can
0: be and stuff too
1: costumes included yeah those i've made some of the coolest alternate costumes by taking that into the the tailory or whatever it's called in the city and um if you've unlocked the dye colors and i've got a fair amount unlocked once you have those colors unlocked you just go in there and you can have it randomly do it so you can just kind of see what things will look like if if you randomly apply different color schemes or you can get real meticulous and say you know, primary, secondary, third, uh, detail color, all this stuff and just go nuts with it. And so you can take something that's like a a crimson red with gray stripes, whatever costume. And you're just like, well, that's lame and boring. Go in there and turn it like white with bright yellow trim. And it's just, you can trick stuff out. I love doing that. That's (laughs) my favorite. So the game's really great about customization and, you know, the things turns out people really like that stuff. They like being able to customize things. They like buying a house and And northern elsewhere and and filling it full of furniture and building their own furniture and buying some at the market and like that whole sub game is there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this game at some point had me farm, like literally gave me a farm. I was going to say,
0: it's almost like you can play whatever game you want to play within... ESO like if you want to go play the sims you can play that in ESO if you want to go play a single player elder scrolls game you can do that in ESO if you want to be a high-end raider or pvp or you can do that in ESO like just yeah
1: yeah that's a great that's do. a, it doesn't it doesn't really hold you back and it gives you a world big enough that you can just you know kind of make your own fun all the time and then all of that being said they have so much pre-packaged wonderfully directed content as well um, with stories and encounters and boss fights and and dialogue options. I mean, I I've never okay. I'll admit something here. First time I've ever admitted this. I think on a show, <gasps> I actually got teared up in a quest line from ESO, and that's never happened anywhere else in any game like it. Oh, and, uh, it was made you cry. It wasn't even a main quest. That's what's funny is some side quest where this couple. Uh, had gone to, I can't remember where it was, but they'd gone f- really far from their homeland because they wanted to see these flowers they've been told about. They were botanists. They're super into flowers. They're really into like all that kind of thing. And they get all the way out there and one of them got sick from something and was going to die and was laying there dying. And the husband's like, "We, I, I need to, I don't know what to do. You know, we came all the way out here to see this and now, you know she's dying and I don't know what to, you know, to do. I wonder if you wouldn't mind going around and finding the samples of these flowers. Maybe we can bring the flowers to her or something like that. So I, you know, she's laying on her deathbed there in the middle of this forest and I ran around to find these. And then when I went to find them, there'd be like this great kind of echoey voiceover of the character describing why these flowers were cool and what was awesome about them. And so I'd, you know, pick those, bring them back. And by the time I got back, I'd had all this great story about each of these flower types and, I was so excited to take it back to this oh, couple. No. Like, I think I know where this is going. She died by the time I got back. No, yeah, so warm. Yeah, and the husband's like, yeah, but you, this was still really great that you did this. And <laughs> again, it was a so total side story, nothing to do with the big overarching anything. No, you know, dying demons from hell or any of this. Just this sweet, simple story that was just a simple side quest. And that was actually the day where I also made this. I also decided that day. It's like, I'm never going to not do a side quest in this game. Eventually I'll do them all because they've all got meat like this on the bone. They're not just fetch quests. They're not just, you know, save escort the quests. Yeah. It's not that it's more than that. And they really won me over with that. I was like, wow, freaking MMO side quest got me going there. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've had like side quests do that same sort of thing where, I've been trying to do like not didn't make me cry, but, you know, <laughs> you do you, Scott. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, I was standing there, was sitting there that day going, oh, my gosh, did this did this really get me in like in an emotional way? Like, what the heck am I even doing here? But it, but it worked. It was really effective. And they'd gone through all this work to put voice in and special effects in the, in the areas where I found the flowers. And. I don't know, just this whole rigmarole for what otherwise would just be some crappy side quest where I got to find 15 bats and bring them back or whatever. Yeah. And it was just so more than that. So I don't know. I really appreciated it. And that the game feels like <clears throat> they go to that effort kind of throughout. There's just not much of, much throwaway. It's all very well thought out and crafted. And I don't know. They just deserve a ton of credit for pulling it off, especially, you know, with the kind of cynicism that gamers have about their favorite franchises and being told that someone's going to make an MMO out of your precious, you know, Elder Scrolls series and then actually pulling it off. I don't know. They they deserve a ton of credit for that.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. So uh, if you guys are like me and you've been kind of jumping in and out of ESO or even if you are a completely new player, because I think as they've kind of hit on all these nostalgia points with all these different old Elder Scrolls games, a lot of people are kind of coming to ESO for the first time. So if you are a new player or if you're a returning player that doesn't even remember how to play their class, I actually found a really, really good YouTube guide. It's, like, gotta be about an hour and a half long, I think, uh, by a YouTuber called Lucky Ghost. I'm going to link it in the show notes. Um, But he's actually gone through and gone through, like, literally every single part of the game and explained like why it's important, how you use it and what to do. And the whole entire 90-minute video is all cut up into these like one to two-minute chunks to tell you about every aspect of ESO. It's brilliant. And he made it for the Blackwood expansion, so it's like fully up-to-date as well. So I'm going to link that in the show notes again. It's a guide for new players uh, by a YouTuber called Lucky Ghost. So go and check it out. Uh, It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. Guys, it's, it's, it's so good. I would have been totally lost without it. And you could just like scroll along the little like a uh, scrubber thing at the bottom and find the topic that you want to know about. And it's like, bam, you're right there. And it's it's so granular <laughs> in a way that's really helpful in a game as complicated as ESO.
1: Wow, that's awesome. I, I I mean, not that there isn't a shortage of content, but it's sometimes you don't know where to look and it's that's cool that people have a resource like that. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, and especially with it being video content because even some of the like just the menus are are really complicated and and hard to find exactly what you're looking for and and difficult to navigate. So just being able to watch like it's literally like, click here, click here, click here and this is what this means. It's so Ooh. helpful.
1: <laughs> so Awesome. You guys, uh, whoever's listening, check that out, because I'm a super proponent of, like, get people into ESO so they can really have a taste for it and not, you know, not give them too much that impedes their way, because I think once they get in, they have a real good time.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you guys are having a good time listening to The Gamers In, you can support the show by going to Patreon.com slash The Gamers In. We are looking for our featured patron of the month. So if you guys are interested in having your name here... Head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. So we've got a little bit of time left with Scott and I wanted to talk about summer games fest because we had the kickoff stream today and it was longer than I thought it was going to be. It was, I felt like almost two hours worth of content
1: and he had, he'd said 90 minutes and I swear that thing went almost two hours, like an hour. It
0: it felt longer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it did. It did. It was Okay. You know, like it's a weird year, right? Like we got a lot of unknowns about pandemics and how they affected production and yep. who's ready, what, what delay is happening because of why. And like, it's a big, weird question mark over all of this. This entire E3 area this year is a bit of a question mark. So knowing all of that, I think it went pretty good considering, but I kept feeling like this was an expensive version of the PC gaming show that they do every year. Mm. Um where I was like, which which is fine, except that thing always feels super low rent. This did not feel low rent. It felt like nice production and all that. Jeff Keeley does a good job with all that yeah, stuff.
0: Yeah, it's very polished.
1: Just, just that every time they bring up a game, I was like, like even the final game where he was acting like he was about to reveal the ultimate game ever made, and that no one had heard of it, and he can finally do it, and here's the big reveal. And it was Elden Ring or whatever. El- Elden Ring. Elden, Elden Ring.
0: Yeah, Elden Ring. Which I had the exact same impression. I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to be a totally new IP." Like, what are we going to hear about? And then it's like, "Oh, it's this game that we heard about," but then we haven't heard anything because pandemic. But like, yeah, we all you know, already knew working. this was a
1: thing. <laughs> right. We knew they were working on it. We knew George R. R. Martin had something to do with it. Like all this stuff was already out there. So I'm happy to see the progress. Obviously, that's great. But I. Uh, oh, yeah, but nothing amazing. in the. Show yeah, yeah. And nothing in the show, and I know it's never a promise otherwise, but nothing in the show was like a shock. Everything else felt like stuff I either already knew or kind of underwhelming stuff like the the Overwatch presentation. I was excited because I'm like, all right, Aaron Keller, let's it's your first chance to, you know, we're getting out of the underneath the the, the wings of of Jeff Kaplan here Kaplan, a little bit and going to go out and, and show us something really cool about the upcoming Overwatch 2 game and we've had some news recently, so it seems like maybe we're ripe for something. And then said nothing really to say except, "Hey, we're 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 redoing these two characters because they're all getting redone. And I don't know, that was a weird, that was just weird. (laughs) Uh, A lot of meat to it, you know? And and I guess that's my big takeaway is there weren't, there wasn't a lot of meat. Um, But again, I think we should probably have our expectations a little lower given the, the, you know, given where we're at.
0: Yeah, there were a lot of uh, kind of trailers and and like either whether they were first looks or actual gameplay trailers, it was very much like a, a split into these teeny tiny chunks. Like, okay, we've got two to four minutes to talk about whatever this game is. So there there wasn't a whole lot of a deep dive on many things, even the ones where they had people there in person to talk to Jeff like uh tiny tina's wonderlands because that for me was like i had no idea that was a thing and i'm watching this and i'm seeing all these like names splash up on the screen and i'm like i don't know what this is but i'm in and then they kind of showed like the borderlands-y kind of like animation i'm like is this a borderlands game and they're like yes but no
1: (laughs) yeah that was a weird one and I'd, i'd heard about this wonderlands thing some time ago i don't remember when i heard about it but something about it and that they were going to be like a fantasy version of uh, borderlands but no one knows yeah, much else about it high fantasy yeah.
0: shooter and i'm like but normally you don't shoot guns in fantasy i okay
1: yeah i don't know if I, the language around that is bugging me a little bit because there's no such thing as a high fan well whatever i guess you de- it depends on your definition of high fantasy but You know, if it's if it's Borderlands, looter shooter with fantasy elements, I might be all right. That's kind of what it
0: sounds like. It's like we took Borderlands, but then we put dragons and mages in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that sounds like maybe something I would play if it's done right. If I'm if I'm looking for good humor, I'm not sure I'll find it because I don't find (laughs) those games. The Borderlands games are all just kind of stupid humor wise. But, yeah, you know, I I like lowbrow. (laughs) yeah but i like weapons that pop out of stuff and finding a purple one and you know knowing that it's better than the last one i had like the diablo part of it i'm really into so maybe they can really impress me but it seems like it'll just be a little bit of a skin you know it's 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 that it's that kind of aesthetic but in a in a different place but at the same time i mean you're kind of just going to be doing the same stuff shooting stuff and getting loot and that's okay i guess
0: i don't know (laughs) you sound super convinced
1: yeah i don't know yet i mean that one i'm I'm really on the fence on whether that will be great but i also know that there's no way to know until that thing comes out so that's one i'll wait for and see
0: yeah uh the only uh, other one that really caught my eye and it's only because i played the first one and i really liked it but then also they had jeff goldblum do a like yeah. hilarious deadpan announcement
1: That was great. I'm really glad they got him to do that. Um, I played that first one like crazy. I loved it.
0: Yeah, I'm a uh, really big fan of like any of those games that have me like making, whether it's like theme parks or cities or like, I don't really care, sim anything I'm in for. So when they were like, hey, do you want to sim dinosaurs? I'm like, yep, yep, I do. And now they're giving me more of that. And underwater dinosaurs seems awesome. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. So do some kind of aquarium. Mm -hmm. Who knows what they're going to do. Those guys make really great games. Their zoo games, uh, Zoo Planet, is very mm-hmm. good. um If you're into the, like straight up zoos, but I think I like the Jurassic Park one more because you know it's dinosaurs. It's it wasn't quite Jurassic Park in terms of like mayhem or the park going bad and everything trampling everything. The game really wasn't about that. But who knows what the second one will be like? He also he did narration and characterization for the first one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and I was glad to hear they used him again and not just some impersonator because uh, I don't know that adds some authenticity to it, but. See, those were the games that made me go, "Oh yeah, that seems like a reasonable sequel and one I would look forward to," but also that feels like a PC gamer show where they're just talking about <laughs> new games. You know? Like, it, none of, none of these felt like, "Whoa, can't believe this bombshell just dropped!" Like, that's not if that's happening at all at this E3, it'll be at the Bethesda, Microsoft, or you know, at the Ubisoft or some one of the big ones. Um, I, d- I don't think the Summerfest was it. Yeah, unfortunately.
0: And, and we do have E3 starting this weekend, right? It starts on the 12th.
1: Yeah. Technically this kind of, in a weird, in a way this, this thing sort of kicked it off, not officially, but unofficially yeah, kicked it off. I don't think off. that
0: they're friends. I don't get the impression that they're friends. <laughs> E3 yeah, and Summer Game Fest. Like,
1: he's, he's got, you know, he used to do a lot of E3 coverage before doing this stuff and kind of jumping out as a, as the Jeff Keeley experience thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but before before he did that, he was, I mean he was it's heavily wrong.
0: It's super accurate.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, some of that stuff's okay. It's fine. I just get I get I don't know, I tire a little bit of the of the overhype when there's really not that much to hype. Like there's some really cool stuff coming, no question. There always is. But some of that stuff that he was getting really excited about, I'm like, well, that is not that exciting. Also talking to Kojima for 10 minutes about you know 9-11 and COVID okay, that's yeah. fine and all <laughs> that
0: was so weird and then it was like yeah. so that was for Death Stranding uh the director's cut
1: yeah and yeah
0: I mean I don't know if that game needed a director's cut I don't know
1: yeah. so I was told many times that he had full creative control over the project (laughs) right (laughs) i don't understand what there is to director's cut from a thing you had full control over normally a director's cut comes from well the studio wouldn't let us do this or we had to cut it for time or whatever they
0: said that a four no one would watch a four-hour movie like that kind of thing so we're releasing it two years later
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and that game's already just a weird you know box moving simulator so I i really don't know what that that means i you know him making references to metal gear by him getting out into that box and you know teasing that metal gear might have some comeback i don't know what that was it was all really weird
0: <laughs> it was super I mean, weird you know, which we should that, come though. to expect right
1: <laughs> yeah and i and i love that he went through the trouble to do that for nothing like really there's no reason to do it but i kind of liked i don't know i kind of like that box stuff that was just cuz he's weird and we expect it so there you have it <laughs>
0: Well, one other announcement that we did get in the past week uh, wasn't at Summer Games Fest, but I do want your your take on it in the last couple minutes here. Uh, Palea, the ex-Blizzard, ex-Riot people who look like they're making Stardew into an MMO. And I'm actually really excited about it. But what what are your thoughts on the announcement trailer that we got last week?
1: Well, I'm all in. So when I heard it was like ex-Riot, ex-Blizzard, that's already some, you know, that's 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 impressive from a just sort of, okay, we got a legacy here. So let's see what they're putting together. But when they finally showed it, like I'm, I'm unapologetically into, you know, stardew Valley and, and, and animal crossing and games like that. I love them. I love farming games. I love, you know, say, or I almost said sailor moon, a harvest moon.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Um, you can admit right here on the gamers end that you love sailor moon. It's fine,
1: Scott. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I could say I've even seen an ounce of sailor moon. I yeah. haven't <laughs> uh but i really like those kinds of games i like farming games I like farm simulation games i like you know this like you mentioned the sims earlier a lot of those aspects i'm a real i'm a huge fan of and this looks like a <laughs> this looks like an mmo for those people who love that stuff and i'm one of them i'm so here for this i can't wait to try it i immediately signed up for beta i think you and i talked on twitter about it but i was like i cannot sign up fast enough yeah to be a part of it. uh so come what may what they showed looked real impressive and I'm sure it's real early still, but I would love to play that game. That looks my, like my jam for sure.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't even look like there's any combat in it, which is what makes it pretty interesting is it really does look like it just has all of these like things you can do in a smiley, happy, colorful world that is just kind of these, like I don't want to necessarily say like time sink, but it, it, is, it just reminded me of The Sims so much. It was like I can go into a world, play The Sims, but then also have all my friends there
1: okay yeah. yeah yeah. i assume that's the the that's aim, what they're aiming for but also you know the idea that you'd probably have to group up to get certain uh agreed ingredients that are really hard to get for a thing you're going to make mm-hmm. a robust trade system one would assume would be part of this um the housing stuff looked like a no-brainer like you got to have that there I'm super into farming games for some reason. So I really like that. Like, it's just looks like everything I want, but it's also got this world that seems super jaunty and trippy and, you know, a little steampunky. and those those scarecrow guys are cool looking like I'm I'm ready for whatever they're serving there. I just I, I had no idea it was being worked on. So that was a really nice surprise. See, that would have been a thing for your summer's game fest. Blow that thing up. Yeah, you know,
0: Agreed. Because cause so. I didn't even real. I did not realize what this was at all. I just, I saw the trailer and then I went and signed up for the alpha. And then somebody else was talking about like who was making it. And I was like, okay, now I'm even more in because that's some serious dev pedigree right there. But <laughs> even just yeah. from the trailer, I was like, this looks amazing.
1: Not everything from, you know, ex-Blizzard people works out, but we're li- living in a time where more and more of the ex-luminary Blizzard types are starting big companies and doing really innovative things. And this feels like one of those possibly uh so this along with whatever dream has got going whatever we get from bonfire uh you know the uh, frost giant all these other ga- all these other companies have spun out of blizzard are are getting ready i think we're getting to that point where we're going to start seeing some of that work and man that's going to be exciting because that i don't know that talent and that pedigree just getting spread around like that can only be good for us even if not all of them survive or they're not all great or whatever i think gamers will benefit from all that raw talent. And this looks like one of those games. I really hope so.
0: Yep, I I hope so too. So we'll we'll have to see when that actually comes out. Like we said, the uh, alpha is open now. You can sign up for it. Uh, we will have a link in the show notes to that, as well as the trailer and the link to the Summer Games Fest. But that's gonna do it for us this week. If you want to join the conversation, you can head on over to Bitly slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me Jocelyn. I'm at Joss Ryan is at R Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at the Gamers In. And Scott, where can everyone find you and everything you do?
1: Well, everything I got going on, whether it's shows or comics or art or what it is, uh, you find it all at frogpants.com. And there's something for everybody. I do a morning show. I've got shows about movies and and entertainment, and I've got multiple game shows. Uh, In fact, something people listen to this show probably really like core Uh, core. It's funny. Core started out as a show dedicated to heroes of the storm. But we spun that thing out a couple of years ago to be everything. And it's the fastest growing show on the network. We're really enjoying it. And we have a lot of fun on there. A lot of great chemistry. And we talk about big issues in gaming every single week. So if you like Gamers In, I'll bet you like that. It'd be a great companion show. Go check that stuff out. That's over at frogpants.com. And thanks for having me on. It was awesome.
0: Thanks for being here, Scott. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks for staying at the Gamers In. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody.
1: Here we go.